0: This is Brian Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly. And you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling all the time. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how is it wrong?
1: You have a great show of a big fan.
2: Boing.
1: So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle.
0: Charbonneau. It's all about the Charbonneau, dude. Succulent fish. What?
1: We ate two feet before we nerd. Oh listen, shut your
0: face.
1: I'm shaking like a dog shit's peach
0: seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that we are into the second hour. Welcome. You found it the Barbecue Central show doing it live right now on your Tuesday. Replays will start tomorrow, which is Wednesday. That will be hour number 1. We will then replay hour number 2 on Thursday, and Friday we will have a best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. This week coming up, a double header with the uh, then-president of PK Grills, Paul James, if I'm going off of memory, if that's correct. John Solberg putting those together. So three different days, three new days of content, if you miss a live show on Tuesday, that is. Friday will be new for everybody. Go on over to the website, hit the subscribe button at the very top, and you can find out all the different ways that you can subscribe to the show on all the different platforms. That way you never miss another interview or segment that maybe you liked, you wanted to rehear it again. It all comes right to your phone or smart device. Also, don't forget that each Friday, aside from the best moments getting released, I am a guest on a local talk radio show here in Willoughby, Ohio, called The John Coupo Show. You can find that locally in and around the greater Willoughby and 15-mile radius. Although, no names, please.
2: Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update.
0: That's right. Greg Rampy reporting here at the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. I have been told by no names, please, that the long-promised turn-up of transmission is absolutely going to happen and it could happen in a matter of weeks. What does that mean to you? Well, if you don't live anywhere near me, uh, it ain't gonna mean nothing to you. You still want to get me on wintradio.com, that's the best easiest and quickest way. But if you're gonna if you're a local Clevelander or greater metropolitan area Clevelander, when this full turn up is realized that signal is going to blow out probably an hour and 20 minutes in any direction. They actually have to go through and do some kind of a deal with Canada because since we're right on the lake, it's going to blow north. They got to sign some paperwork because they're going to be going into Canada, believe it or not. So it's probably going to stretch you know, east probably towards the border of Pennsylvania. It's going to get out towards Avon Lake. On the west side, Strongsville. On the south side, it's going to be a major competing station, signal wise. Programming wise, that ain't up to me. I'm just a guest. John Cupo doing his thing in the morning from six to nine. I don't know what they're going to do after that. I will still be appearing. Uh, appearing. I'll still be appearing as long as they'll have me. I usually get in there right around oh seven thirty and run until eight thirty nine o'clock. So, hey. If you've never heard me as a guest, I mean, they bill me as a barbecue expert. And I'm not going to tell them any different. It's fun. We talk about barbecue stuff. We talk about grilling stuff. We talk about stuff that has nothing to do with live fire cooking and grilling at all. Last week, we got into a big hubba-do-wubba-do-wubba-do. About the barbecue hall of fame. The host had no idea. He, His question was something like, you know, if there was a barbecue hall, I forget exactly how it was. I was like, whoa, what do you mean if there is a bar? And he's like, oh, well, how is one quantified for the barbecue hall of fame? And I was like, Uh-oh. we are not doing this on your show. People will be falling asleep. I will be irate in the next five minutes. So we threw caution to the wind. I got irate in five minutes. And he then quickly learned about why I think the Barbecue Hall of Fame is a little weird. They're trying. I know. Still a little weird. We also talked about my number one reason why I don't like the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I'm not going to get into it now. Plenty of time for that left in the year. It's only the middle of February. So we'll talk about any and every. It's great. Join me. Wintradio.com this Friday around 730 in the morning. 101.5 FM local Willoughby. Also, they simulcast 1330 AM, but who really listens to AM anymore? Sounds way better on the FM station. Okay, so... Let me quickly go over what I see and what I don't see while I'm doing the show. And if you've heard this before, bear with me, because it's obvious that we're gaining new listeners and new watchers each and every week. I am simulcasting to a number of different live environments while I do this show. There is a live audio stream. That can be found on TuneIn.com and some of the other online streaming-only services, which are kind of a dying breed at the moment. But you can go to TuneIn and get this show. If you go to my main website, the best three or the top three ways are in those little buttons right at the top. Live audio stream, YouTube Live, Facebook Live. So YouTube has a really nice chat pop So I can pop that out. I don't see it at Facebook. The chat is bad system. The interface on Facebook is not good. I can't pop it out and set it somewhere else like I can with YouTube, which is why I do monitor the YouTube chat during the show. In fact, I would encourage more of you to use the YouTube interface. There's a link right at the top of my webpage, as I just mentioned. It says YouTube Live. Easy stuff, and you can interact with a bunch of other fans of the show. I call it the show in the show. Look, long way to go here. Last week, there was someone named Teresa Bell who was on the Facebook feed. This is a comment she left during the top of the second hour. Quote, you are very annoying. Please bring on the guests. Uh End quote. I have a question for you, Teresa. Have you ever seen the show before? I get about one segment per show for me to do what I want to do. You think my rant on gravy-scented candles was annoying? I disagree. The gravy-scented candle rant was awesome. And if you think that was annoying, I have some really bad news. I didn't even turn on the annoyance factor on that one. Wait until I start firing up The Barbecue Hall of Fame, which I just mentioned, and the horse meat agendas again, which is a picture I just showed a couple minutes ago. That is annoying. That happens every show for months on end. The gravy rant was spectacular entertainment. The good news is this. Teresa, I am banning you from the show right now. You are banned. Banned. Here's the number to call. 216 220 0966. You think I'm annoying? Stop hiding behind the keyboard and lob me a phone call. Be a man, Teresa. Call me on the phone. Say it to my face. Otherwise, tune out. Do you want to know what a bad take it is? Quote, you're annoying, bring out the guests. That's a bad take. Give me more than that because I'm not annoying. I'm hilarious. Just ask all of the other centralites. Hilarious. High comedy. They're tuning in for the one segment where I get off. Not for the guests. Not for the information. They're tuning in for my hilarity. Teresa, look, it's either you're with me, or you're against me. We cannot have divergent views and get along. That's just not the way it is these days. We are one or we are none. Teresa, beat it. Banned. Banned. And if you don't think I can ban people from the internet, I have back channels and deep reaches, the likes you have never, ever seen. Not only will you be banned from my Facebook page, from my Twitter page, I will ban you from the worldwide internet. It happens. I make it happen. I run this show. This is my show. I run it. I will ban you. And you're banned. Beat it. I am hilarious. Quote, you're annoying. Bring out the guests. Uh Harsh Teresa. Come on now. I hate to say that you're gone, but you're gone. You're gone. One less central light. That's all right. I hate to lose, but sometimes you got to thin the herd. Sometimes you got to trim the... <laughs> Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill. In two weeks' time, we'll be talking with the president... Of Green Mountain Grills, longtime supporter of this show, Jason Baker, and we're going to be talking about the Green Mountain Grill Prime Line. Prime. Have you seen that it's starting to trickle out in the social media? Sterling Smith is doing a really great hype version for the Prime Line right now. So if you go to Loot and Booty or go to Green Mountain Grills, you'll see the video where Sterling's on. Does a great job kind of hyping it up there big revamp, big refresh. Really looking forward to Jason talking about it here in a couple weeks. In the meantime, if you are in the market and you can't wait, if you can't wait, I get it. you got to have that grill now. Green Mountain Grill, something you want to take a look at. They have a Jim Bowie. This one is big. You can do three and four whole briskets. You can do multiple racks of ribs. You can probably do five or six pork butts on if you want, depending on if you pan pork butts. Maybe you don't pan pork butts. Probably get more on if you want. But if you do, just keep that in mind. Now, maybe you don't cook a ton of food all the time or you have a small family or you just, you want something that can make some good pellet-fired stuff, but you don't want to have a huge thing on the deck or wherever. Fine. You don't have to do that. Get the Daniel Boone, mid-sized. A lot of families love it. Really good when it gets into the higher temperatures, but right in that wheelhouse of barbecue temp, smoke roasting, if you will. Now, if you're a traveler or big tailgater, you just want something that you can take on some type of an event with you. Davy Crockett is the portable version. Still runs off pellets, still give you that wood fire taste, but you can take it in the back of your truck van, SUV, it doesn't matter. Plus, if you don't have access to a you know what, Traditional outlet. Use the 12 volt in the car or the truck or the van. It's ready to go wherever you are. Come on. You love it. Daniel Boone and Jim Bowie, you can rip the guts out of those. You buy the pizza oven insert. It's also available at greenmountaingrills.com or through one of their dealers. And now you have a high heat pizza oven and it's a pizza party. Love it. Greenmountaingrills.com. That's greenmountaingrills.com. Check them out, find a dealer, walk around them, touch them, feel them, ask questions, and your dealer will be able to help you if you have any of those questions, and they will support you after the sale. GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back with Christy Vanover. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue Bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe.
0: Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by the good folks over at Smithfield. Are you ready to find out where you rank against all competitive barbecue teams across the country? Visit SmokinWithSmithfield.com to check out your rank on the Smokin' with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship Leaderboard. Again, the website Smokin, S-M-O-K-I-N, SmokinWithSmithfield.com. Appreciate the folks over at Smithfield supporting the show as they do and have been for the last couple years. My first guest in the second hour, a competitive barbecue cook, KCBS certified judge, very popular on the social media scene as well. Always looking to promote fun of the fun of cooking over some type of live fire. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome first timer to the show. Creator of Girls Can Grill Landscape, Christy Vanover joining me here on the show. Christy, how hey there, are you? How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening. So Thank you. Let's do a little bit of background on you, Christy. Uh, where are you from originally? Where are you headquartered out of now? And, uh, of course, then we'll build into some live fire.
3: All right. I hope I don't mess up and get banned from your show. So I'll You're like you're that.
0: already <laughs> treading a fine line. Let me tell you that.
3: <laughs> right. All righty. Okay. Well, I was born in California, but kind of grew up all over. Um, I kind of call Kentucky home. That's where... I spent my high school and college years, and now I'm living just outside of Las Vegas.
0: Where in Kentucky? In Louisville. Oh, really? You
3: you you can tell I'm from Louisville because I know how to say Louisville. That's right, Louisville, yeah,
0: (laughs) Bourbon County, USA. Love it. Like, how big was Bourbon back then? I mean, was it anywhere near the heights, or has it always been tremendously popular, and is just now like everybody's really finding out about it?
3: You know, when I lived there, I was under 21. So it may have been really popular. But I I still think that now it, it definitely has a craft to it that's been appreciated more. And they've got the Bourbon Trail now. And so it's definitely become a big tourism part of the state of Kentucky.
0: How do you end up just outside of Las Vegas? (laughs)
3: Uh, my husband was in the army so he served over 20 years and we moved all over the world and all over the place and um his family moved out here and we just decided this would be a great place for us to end up and love the weather and really love everything about vegas and close to an airport so anywhere else i want to go i just hop on a plane and get there so where's
0: the most exotic place you guys were living at
3: um we lived in belgium and we lived in korea so um, and then Mississippi. <laughs> so no, really, we, we lived all over. So, but Belgium was fantastic. Korea, I mean, re- really, really amazing, and the food that you get there is just out of this world. So,
0: what kind of a diet is uh, is over there? I mean, stereotypically, you're probably thinking like fish and seafood and stuff like that. But is it uh, a little different than that in Korea? Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, d- all sorts of meats. I mean, definitely pork belly was really popular and beef, you know, with bulgogi. And, you know, that's where you've got the grills where they've got those open pits or not open pits, but excuse me, but the, you know, the small grills that are kind of like this in front of you. And they bring out the raw meat and the raw veg and and you just cook it right there at your table. The the challenging part is that you sit on the floor. Um, no problem for me, but if you can't sit Indian style, it gets, it's a little difficult, but <laughs> yeah, fun times.
0: Uh When did the love of Live Fire start? Were you from a family that was just innately grilling or barbecuing, or do you find it later?
3: I definitely found it later. Hmm. Um, I had a different blog that I started in 2010, and it was more of a place for me to catalog my recipes. I used to do some catering when I was um, with my husband in the Army, and people were asking for my recipes. So I just threw them on a blog and started social media. And then when I moved to Texas, we were stationed at Fort hood. I just realized more and more how much I was cooking outdoors and also started eating really good barbecue when I lived in Texas. So, um, that just, that just expanded everything there. And I transitioned my blog to a website that was really focused on grilling and blogging. And my father-in-law is the one who actually taught me how to cook in general, and then also taught me how to cook outdoors. And it's just blown up from there.
0: So was the blog, uh, Turnover where girls can grill start?
3: Yes, that was about, I want to say, March or April 2015. So almost going on four years now. Yeah. Okay,
0: so, I mean, that's a relatively new space in terms of age of website. I mean, they're popping up all over the place, of course. But, uh, I mean, we've certainly seen a huge explosion of interest in live fire cooking in general here I mean, obviously, well before you started your blog or converted it into where girls can grill. So what do you think separates your website? There's a, a handful of other girls or <laughs> women that I can think of <laughs> right off the top of my head that are you know, similar in name or have girl in it. And, and I guess it smacks of saying, hey, this is known to be stereotypically a male dominated landscape, but it doesn't have to be intimidating, nor does it have to be ruled by men. Women have uh, just as equal talent if they're going to put in the work to do it. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the concept and why you wanted to push it out that way.
3: Yeah, sure. So um, you know, Grill Girl, who you have on your show all the time, Robin, um, she was definitely an inspiration to me early from the beginning. And Girls Can Grill wasn't really set up to... It was really more set up for me, for a confidence builder, to kind of tell me that this is something I can do. I, I loved cooking and it was... It was reaffirming to me to tell me I was in the right space, um, and then from there it just grew. And actually, seventy five percent of my followers are dudes, so that that turned out to be pretty cool. <laughs> um, but I I also through what I'm doing, I definitely want to inspire other women, and I want to I want to discover and learn why other women don't necessarily like to grill. Um, I find that some find cooking with charcoal is dirtier, so they don't care for that. Although I'll tell you, I've got pellet grills, and cleaning out a pellet grill is is no uh, clean task either. No doubt. Um <laughs> And then also gas grills, some of them are a little bit you know worried about actually you know pushing the button to ignite the flames, and so there's just various reasons um some just don't feel comfortable, some don't want to do it, and that's fine too. But I want girls can grill to be a place where if you're basically if you're new to grilling and you're interested in it or you want to get interested in it, then I'm a place where you can reach out and and I can help you with grilling and from there, it's just transitioned into me. Turning into a barbecue competitor, and so I'm actually helping a lot of new people on the barbecue circuit who want to get involved and um, kind of learning from my mistakes and learning from my successes and sharing all that information too.
0: Christy Van Over joining me here on the show, GirlsCanGrill dot is the website. Uh, socially on Instagram at GirlsCanGrill, of course, probably same on Twitter too. Yes, Christy? Okay, yep. yeah. so um, we got to keep those <laughs> handles the same uh, for consistency. Yep. Do you think that the percentage of women that might be perceived as apprehensive or uh, scared to get in front of some type of live fire is now dwindling because of people like you and and Robin and some of the other more famous women pitmasters that seem to be getting a lot more exposure than they did in years past?
3: You know, I hope so. Um, I've looked at studies in the past, and it seems like that's a trend where it's going. I also do think that pellet grills and, and just the change in the grilling industry has a role to play in that as well. Um, pellet grills seem to be more approachable to people who are unfamiliar with managing a fire, managing wood, managing coal, etc. Um, so I think there's a lot of things changing, whether it's whether it's us or whether it's, it's the industry in general. Um, and just also just society in general they like to have experiences more they like to go outdoors more and so um, on the side i'm actually a park ranger Um, that's my full-time job and so to see people outdoors they love to gather around a campfire and just have that experience with their friends and family and when you're around a campfire what better to do than cook so how do you fall
0: into park ranger (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, I actually worked for the Army for several years as a civilian. My background's in public relations, and so I did that for the Army. And then when we moved to Vegas, there was a job opening to do public relations for the National Park Service, and there you go. Been hmm. doing it for six years now.
0: Have you ever crossed paths with a death-defying animal?
3: Um, no. We're really? at Lake Mead, so we don't have bears. Hmm. We have rattlesnakes, which I've never seen. I nice. did see a tarantula. Um, but I wouldn't define that as death-defying.
0: <laughs> Did you hear about the guy that took out the mountain lion a couple days ago?
3: No, I missed that one. And he was
0: jogging in a trail and attacked him from behind, bit his neck and hand, but then he choked out the mountain lion to death. And then he In a national
3: park? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I need to pay attention more. Wow. Oh, yeah,
0: it was all over the news. It was uh, no. quite heroic because he managed to <laughs> overpower okay. and, and choke out the mountain lion.
3: I just would have screamed. I have not, but I've never seen any here. So, yeah,
0: let's stay away from those. All right. So, let's talk about competing a little bit. Mm -hmm. It is a little bit of a jump to go from honing the skills of the backyard. Uh, You know, I've often been asked, how come you don't compete? Uh, That would take up the rest of the segment for me to (laughs) go on the diatribe on, on why I don't, but there is another level. Okay, well, I want to see how mine stacks up against everybody else, or I want to see if uh, I could beat so-and-so. I mean, however you put that chip on your shoulder to get you out on the circuit. So how did you learn about it, and why did you decide you want to get into it?
3: Um, uh, I'm competitive by nature. I've always competed in sports. Um, usually, usually they were independent sports. Like I was a competitive gymnast, competitive diver, things where I just kind of had to rely on and me and my skill set. And then I'd actually became a food competitor, um, before I was in the barbecue realm. Um, and I competed in the world food championships for three years when it was hosted here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And when I was walking around the pits there, that's the first time I probably saw a true barbecue competition. Mm. And, you know, Danielle was out there. Leanne was out there. And I just thought, this is really cool. It's, it was intense. It was really relaxed at first. And then like noon hit or like right before noon. And it was just balls to the wall. Everybody was going crazy. And I was like, this is intense. And I wasn't ready for it at that point. I didn't have the confidence for it at that point. I hadn't even smoked a brisket, I don't think, by that point. Um, and then I, when I started Girls Can Grill, um, somebody invited me to join the Nevada Barbecue Association, um, which is our local association here. Mm-hmm. And I learned more and I talked to people. And they were hosting a backyard competition and I said, well, let me give that a shot, you know, and it was steak and wings and a few things like that. And, and I won in wings and I was like, maybe I should take this to the next level. So then um, they offered a class to become a KCBS certified judge. And I thought that was a great approach so that I could actually learn what the judges were looking for mm. before I tried to deliver it to them. So I became a judge, um, judged a competition and then. They hosted a spring training, which is an awesome thing our association does. Is they actually do the four four meat cook, um, but they give you forty five minute turn in windows, and then you get to walk in and listen to the judges as they actually tell you what they think when they taste it. So that was quite an eye opener because there's just things you learn about tenderness and taste and, and appearance and all that through there. And then um, that was like a February or April. And then I competed in May of twenty, I think it was sixteen, in my first competition, and I got a call and. I've been hooked ever since. You get that call and you're hooked.
0: (laughs) Do you spend more time competing or if you had unlimited amount of time, would it be split down the middle between judging and competing or would you always choose to compete more than judge?
3: I would, I would choose competing. I would say if I had the time and the opportunity, there's not as many contests here in the Southwest as like if you're in the Kansas City or Texas areas. Um, I would say I would like to do like a 75-25 split. And the reason I go there is again, because I'm competitive and I love to cook, that would be my first passion. But I think it's important for a cook to judge and for a judge to cook so that you, as a cook, if I judge, I get to taste the other flavor profiles. I get to see the other in boxes. I get to learn from what other people are doing and kind of had those eye-opening moments of, oh, I could be doing this a little bit differently. But yeah. also as a judge, if you cook, you learn how much work goes into putting those six pieces of meat in a box and you have a whole new appreciation. So the next time you think, I'm going to give this a six, you might take a second thought and a second bite and say, no, this is more like a seven or an eight. So,
0: Christy Vanover joining me here on the show from Girls Can Grill. Uh, let's transition a little bit. You know, I've had some pretty, pardon me, uh, major social media folks here over the last handful mm-hmm. of weeks. Uh, you certainly have a pretty good following on Instagram as well, uh, Facebook. When did you realize that utilizing that is going to help kind of press the brand out and give you a little bit more exposure and, and help grow that whole landscape?
3: From the get go, um, like I said, my background is in public relations. I've got a master's in journalism and mass communications. So it just, it's come with the territory of what I've done my whole career for other businesses. And there was a point when I realized as much as I love my jobs, working for the Army, working for the National Park Service, I wanted to promote something that i was really really passionate about which was cooking so that's when i started my first blog and and then following up this next blog and knew immediately like one of my big pieces of advice to everybody and you've touched on this on your previous shows is when you pick your website and you pick all your social media handles make them all the exact same. So I'm girls can grill everywhere, girls can girls can girl on every social media platform. If you have to add a space or an underscore or the or something different in there, it, it just gets a little bit confusing when other people are tagging you across platforms. Um, so yeah, so that's a key. But social media has is important because it drives people back to my website. It lets me engage with people so that I'm not just I'm not just this imaginary person out there that I can actually have conversations. (laughs) I can do Twitter chats. I can do, you know, Instagram lives and other things and things like this even, you know, I'm sharing this with my followers too. So I think it's a really key component. It's the the day and age that we live in. It's, you know, newspapers and magazines aren't quite as popular anymore. It's it's turned to podcasts and social media.
0: Is the goal to turn Girls Can Grill into something full time or is this just fun and you are... Obviously, time invested into it, as anybody that's trying to make a run of it is, but you also like the day job and enjoy Mm -hmm. that, and there's no reason to go or or pick one or the other. Both are fine.
3: Yeah, I'd say I'm the latter right now. I mean, would it be cool to do it full-time? Yeah, absolutely. But I really do love my job, um, and I work for the federal government, so I've got a retirement in mind. You know, that's something that's going to be there for me long-term, and I can continue to do this even after I I retire. So um, this, yeah. But this has taken me to so many places that are amazing. I mean, every time I put in vacation at work, it's to go to like a barbecue competition or a beef convention or a tour of the Smithfield plant. I mean, it's just like, it's, yeah, I I don't, I feel bad for my husband because we never go on like family vacations anymore. It's always me going to cool barbecue things. But,
0: (laughs) Uh, Christy, can you share with me a few recipes if you don't mind?
3: Yeah, like what kind of recipes are you looking for? Well, of
0: course, we know that. Valentine's Day is coming up here in a couple of days, so do you have any yes. special menu plans that you could share with us?
3: Well, so if you've been to my any of my social channels lately, you've seen the newest thing that I did, which was a tomahawk short rib. Yeah. So My, one of my favorite cuts of the cow is definitely the plate short rib. That's the big dinosaur bones. You know, they're like eight to 10 inches long. Um, Usually I do smoke them whole as racks, you know, three to four bones in a rack. Um, But in this case, I just did the tomahawk version. I didn't invent it. It was, I just did a how-to video to show people how to do it to where you actually cut them into individual bones and then you roll the meat down. And so it looks like a tomahawk, but, you know, smaller than a normal tomahawk steak, but it's short rib version. And then you... Add a rub, throw it on the smoker at about 250 to 275 for five to six hours until it hits a temp of, I don't know, like 203 to 207. And talk about presentation. If you want to wow your sweetheart on Valentine's Day, throw some you know sweet potatoes or some polenta on the plate and just stack <laughs> that big tomahawk right there on the plate. And nothing says I love you like a big hunk of beef. So <laughs>
0: That's right. I totally agree with that. Uh, one of the other recipes that I saw, What's been sweeping the nation here over the last 12 or 14 months is that term burnt ends. Yes. We've seen the traditional beef burn ends. Then there was the whole pork belly burn ends excursion. I've seen uh, Susie Bullock do hot dog <laughs> burn ends or pork right. man burn ends. You did turkey burn ends. So, what is that <laughs> all about?
3: i did that was kind of a nod to ray over at dr barbecue i knew how much he hated the the pork burn end oh and, he did and I, I i've known ray for a long time and i just thought you know what what could be something that would just be wild and so the, honestly the first time i tried it they sucked it was it was dry because <laughs> turkey is not pork belly turkey right. is not brisket you know right. it doesn't have anywhere near the same fat content and marbling but I was determined I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna make something good about this out of this so I probably did four or five different varieties and finally got it to a point where it it was good it's not a pork burn in it's not a brisket burn in and nothing is a brisket burn I mean brisket burn were name burnins for a very you know legitimate reason and we, so we've all just kind of copied the cooking concept uh, but it was it was just a fun Thing to do and and again, yeah, a little nod to Ray to be like, hey, here's another burn end version for you. <laughs> so, does it come
0: out of the white meat or the dark meat?
3: I tried both. I ended up with the white meat. Um, I was hoping to do it out of the dark meat because that has more flavor and more fat. But just in the end, um, by the time I got to like my fifth bird, I was I was just about over it. And I it really it was weird because it came down to the sauce. What happened is that by the time you know, you don't want to cook the meat too long because you hit your 165 and past that, it's it's just not going to be that, that good and juicy. So then I would take it off at 130, but then you need to add the sauce. And when I was adding the sauce, then it was like it released all this liquid and it turned my sauce into like a broth instead mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a tacky, sticky thing. So, yeah, I was just balancing that out and finally just throwing them on the grill in cubes and – I think that's what finally worked.
0: Uh, One of my favorite things to eat are burgers. And you had a pretty popular burger recipe. uh, So I want to ask you about that.
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, I've done a lot of burgers. And my husband really gets irritated because I'll do like brie and fig and all sorts of stuff on it. And he's like, really, I just want a burger. Can't you just make me a burger with like mustard and cheese on it? And I went to the Royal um, and Chef Jean-Paul, who owns a restaurant in New York City called Blue Smoke, um, he was cooking up these burgers and and had his, they were pork. Um, but everybody, all the social media influencers who, who came to the Royal, who were tasting it, we were just all like talking them up and they were, everybody said, kept saying for weeks that it was the best burger that they had. So <laughs> fortunately he had shared the whole concept with me where he rubs the burger patty with mustard first and then puts it on a flaming hot skillet. Huh. Now he used pork lard and I used beef tallow cause I was doing a beef version of the burgers. Yeah. And then it's just onions, pickles, American cheese, and a, a regular bun. And when I made those, and I've shared the video now, I served it to my husband. He was so happy. He was like, you finally made a real burger. And he like downed three of them that night right away. So, yeah.
0: All right. So this is Christy Vanover from Girls Can Grill. Girlscangrill.com is the website. And socially, at Girls Can Grill, wherever you might follow her socially. Uh, Christy, really appreciate the time getting to know you tonight. Thanks so much for doing it.
3: All right,
0: thank you. You got it. There she is, Christy Vanover from <laughs> Girls Can Grill. You know, it's uh, always—it's not always funny, but it is kind of uh, fitting that the best recipes are sometimes the simplest recipes, like the grilled earth, the gr- the cheeseburger, right? Who knows about the Barbecue Guru? I do. They've always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy because it can be, especially with a Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. Monolith, the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control devices. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the Monolith do the work of a sous-chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, the juiciest meals each and every time. You go to the website, and you look at exactly what they have, BBQGuru.com. Once you find something, if you have any questions, you call them, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU, and they will make sure they answer all your questions. By the way, if you order the Monolith, and you already have a Guru controller, you don't have to buy a new controller in order to make this monolith work. It has the fan built in. Run the connection of your current controller down to the fan. Away you go. By the way, the monolith comes with an incredible amount of accessories, but not nickel and diming you like some of these others. Again, the website, BBQGuru.com, 800-288-GURU. And we will be back with Sam the Cooking Guy right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.
2: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: All right, welcome back. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, your locked Fireboard, fully integrated with both. I'm going to find out about that in the next week or two. Fireboard.com, the website. Call 816-945-2232. If you have any questions or you'd like to order through the phone. All right, helping me close it out tonight, a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. He blows it up all over YouTube with his cooking videos. He does cooking classes, has written a number of cookbooks, and... He's done a few nationally shown infomercials as well. But most importantly, someone whom I love to talk food with. So we race to the hotline and welcome in friend of the show, Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm, I'm wonderful. And about uh, 10 minutes ago, I said to... Um, uh, wait, why can't I center myself? What the hell's going on here? There we go. About 10 minutes ago, I said to uh, one of my uh, kids that was here. Uh, I'm on Greg's show tonight. And he goes, oh, Uh-oh. is that your boyfriend that you've never met? Yes. I go, that's, that's exactly it. Exactly. By exactly way, And by the way, yeah. we're talking Valentine's stuff. So I know. Perfect. What could be more misleading to your son? <laughs> Ryan, weird. Fortunately, I've been married like 33 years. So, I mean, generally, well, I would say generally my sexuality is, is well known, but... You know, people do things.
0: It's the internet, the day of the internet. I mean, everything is up for guess and debate.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. How are you, my friend? I'm
0: doing absolutely fabulous, Sam. Appreciate you making time as yeah, always. I, so I
1: appreciate the wood background behind you.
0: I. It's always here. Good to I have. Know, I love it. I do love it, Sam. It's good to have wood, baby. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, before we get into the topic tonight, um, I was watching a video of yours from a few weeks back. That involved an ingredient, a dry vermouth, and you may or may not have mentioned that you would buy it for kids. So the question is this, is, oh, there, a, I did
1: not say is that.
0: there a hard number on how many underage kids you have purchased vermouth for at liquor stores? And by the way, you do realize that you need to be 21 in order to use it, right?
1: What you don't realize is that I'm from Canada, and uh, where the province of British Columbia, where I'm from, the age is nineteen. Guess what? So while you may call them kids, up there we call them adults,
0: and we have laws in the United States, Sam. That's against
1: law. I'm not. I'm not admitting to. Any, I'm not going to cop to any it's, of this. It's all right on the YouTube video. <laughs> I don't think I said I bought vermouth for. look. look you I think, think I made that month? up? I walk into a store that sells alcohol. Yes, there's there's some younger kids outside. Yeah, you think they're looking at me, going like this: "Hey, Mister, w- would would you buy us some vermouth? We we need to make a uh, a, a a risotto dish for my mom. <laughs> let me That's paint.
0: What happening? Let me paint a scenario
1: for you. Go ahead. Let's
0: say I was said ne'er-do-well or malfeasant kicking it on the curb in front of the liquor store. And you walked Not out
1: said you are. And go I said,
0: I'm like, damn, yeah. is that the dude from YouTube that makes all that delicious food? He was saying I needed vermouth to really <laughs> hammer out this recipe, uh, but I am underage. Like, Sam, will you go in and buy me a bottle of Martini and Rossi dry vermouth, ASAFP?
1: If the, if the little, if the little rat said to me, <laughs> um, I want to make that little chicken piccata thing, and there was that moment when you gave it a little splash of vermouth before you added the capers and kiss, the whatever, and then you plated it beautifully. If he had that kind of wrap, yeah. honestly, I, I might buy it. assuming he looked old enough and told me that he was without his identification.
0: Got it. As long as he lied right, you're in. I'm there. You're there right. to broaden his palate. I mean, you're not there to contribute yeah, boy, to the vermouth, delinquency. Nobody's getting,
1: nobody's getting shit-faced off vermouth, and yeah. if they are, then shame on them.
0: They have a. They should skip the vermouth and go right into mm-hmm. rehab, probably.
1: That's your huffing. You're yeah. huffing like paint crap. At, I mean, whatever those things <laughs> right. come, those spray things at that point, right? Sam, I didn't Which, know if you— We shouldn't make light of because that happens, and I feel bad know, for people course. that get in that situation. But Yes.
0: Thursday is Valentine's Day. Boy. A day for lovers. All different shapes and size. Lovers getting ready for Valentine's Day. I mean, you can take the bag way out. Maybe you've made a reservation at a restaurant Ooh. because you don't want to do any work or anything like this. I know you're totally against that. So Here's what, my
1: line. I, I go like this. <laughs> you can always just take money out of your pocket. Right. Doesn't matter how much. Let's go out. And that's like the... the Honestly, I feel like that, and I don't want to offend anybody that has dinner plans. Sure, maybe they've got special ones, but I do think that's like uh, like the douchebag night out, easy way out. Of course, it is. Yeah. So, what are we recommending? I recommend you cook. And I look. I know you cover this. Mm -hmm. Your your followers look for ideas. I think if, if you're a guy and we're both guys and, and, and I do know that a lot of your audience are male, Sure, you have to cook what the female wants that day. I don't care what you want. It's not about you. And definitely if my house is anything like many people's houses, a big ass ribeye with about an inch of fat all the way around the outside, that is not cutting it. Yeah, It's not going to make it. My wife who now loves a ribeye mm. her, her favorite, really her favorite is a filet Yeah, but you know, don't do that you're going to piss people off now you're going to make some guy Why? R- go grab like a 12 inch freaking you know a tomahawk ribeye and cook it for the the girl, and she's gonna be like, well, "I, you know, I do like other things, and maybe you could have made me, me a I'm, I don't. I'm just saying that if day, she wants look, a ribeye, do the ribeye. If she wants four other freaking right. days, great. If you want, uh, if
0: she wants a filet, then she gets a filet. That's fine.
1: Well, when, you it, when you say it like that, it sounds weird and creepy. It does. It does. <laughs> 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 Quick. A quick, uh, JD, how many L's are in fillet? Two, <laughs> two. Right. Fillet. So look, I, I do this. I would I would I would make a fillet for Kelly because I know that's really in her heart. Yes, in her heart, right? Um, when it came off the grill, and I'm a I'm a big fan of, of off the grill these days. Big fan. Yep. I can. I, I, I got my game down out there. And I'm going to just let me just say to your audience the key to sous vide like. You still there?
0: Yes, it's called multiple shots. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't I'm an know expert. I,
1: you went away and I thought everybody went oh, away. No, no, relax. So, okay, I appreciate it. Uh, look, I think the key to sous vide like steak but on a grill yeah with, has way more f- flavor is you put it on and you turn it like almost every 30 45 seconds until the instant read the really good digital instant read thermometer reads whatever you want 128 125 132 like i would do for kelly mm-hmm. if you continually turn it it will not get this layer of gray here and gray there and just pink in the middle It'll be perfect all the way around. Okay, that being said, here's what I like to do. I like to take that perfect filet. I put it on a plate that already has cauliflower mash on it. Mm. Are you into that? Love it. I think it's fantastic. It's great. And you know the 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 not, I'm not this is not a me too moment. It's nothing sexist. But I will say I think most women appreciate the cauliflower mash versus a potato mash. And it's almost the same thing. So you've got it on the plate. You, you, you've given it a little love with good kosher salt and some really good olive oil and some pepper and some Parmesan cheese. So it's got some substance to it. Mm-hmm. It's on the plate. The steak goes on. I like to put some crumbled blue cheese on top and then a drizzle of really good extra virgin olive oil. Mm. And when I say that, I don't mean freaking Rachel Ray, E-V-O-O-V-S, <laughs> whatever that is. I mean, like, you've gone out, you've tasted three or four in a place that sells great olive oils, and you've found oh. one that that hearkens to you.
0: I don't think there's a lot of places that are out there like that, Sam, to be honest. I mean, I know you have one that's probably we, we, know, we, we by you. We have a but... few
1: places here. We have a place here called We Olive. Yeah, I remember and, that. And Baker's uh, Baker's Olive, that they have olive oils you can taste. And, you know, olive oils are like... Um, they're like a cowboy boots which i say only fit your particular feet some people like a bitter finish with with extra virgin olive oil that's not me uh, i like a a fruitier finish yeah, me with too. My olive oil lighter a little brighter that kind of thing mm-hmm. but so taste go to go to a good olive oil place taste and then find out the one you want don't just buy You know, X, Y, Z, olive oil, because one of your friends goes, dude, it's the it's the freaking greatest. Yeah. And do you realize I've not sworn once? Well, you did say the S word, but I let that go. The S word is fine. That's I'm trying to pull back from the F word. I
0: don't want to tell you that the folks in the instant chat as soon as you came on uh, levied Mm -hmm. the Sam, the cooking guy, F word drinking game. So far, they're really sucking hind tit.
1: Fuck you, Greg. (laughs) We there we go. Everybody drink. Here thing. we go. Everybody gets a drink. Everybody now, gets right? a drink. There we go. Okay, so so that's what I like. I like <laughs> that steak, you know, uh, like that. I like the cauliflower mash. I like the the blue cheese. I like the the big fat drizzle of egg, a really good the, I like extra virgin olive oil and mm-hmm. And if you want to do surf and turf, then then you should do it. You should know what your your, your significant other wants right?
0: So leading up to this nice entree that you're going to be making, uh, maybe you would imbibe in the adult libation situation,
1: as I call it. And oh, there's no maybe. There's 100%. You're a champagne cocktails guy. I'm a champagne. Look, I'm a champagne guy, but I think there's a couple versions that make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Like you and I are are split screened right now. Yes. the people the 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 i'm guessing mostly men do you know the percentage of uh, your audience is male versus
0: female 87.38% is male there you
1: go okay so we'll speak to the males because i'm a male you're a male let's say look i'm not a huge champagne guy are you uh
0: well i mean do we want to nerd out here or nerd a bit no i mean so You know, when I was drinking, um, I was definitely a big Prosecco guy. So, I mean, if we're going to break down what's champagne and this and that and the other thing. So, you know, uh, in America, it's sparkling wine. The champagne is only coming from a certain region in France, but Prosecco is the Italian sparkling wine. And I find that to be absolutely tremendous. So if I'm doing any kind of a champagne cocktail or a fuzzy wine cocktail, it's Prosecco for me.
1: Okay. So it's not that's not my jam. Okay. I'm not going to do that. All right. Um, I mean, I'll drink a little. I'll have a sip or two, but I don't really like bubbly stuff. Like I'm not a huge beer guy. I want a cocktail. Yep. But if I was doing champagne because my better half wanted champagne, I would make uh, a slightly traditional champagne cocktail. Take a champagne flute, mm-hmm. you drop a cube of sugar in it, and the only problem there is that you either have to go to like your parents or grandparents to get cubes of sugar. Or my house. Because the, the only people <laughs> that have them, or your house, or you go to the store and you buy like 800 of them in a pack for like two bucks, but still. You'll be good for life. you <laughs> you never go away. Cube of sugar. You take the Angostura bitters mm. that hopefully you use in your your, your your bourbon-related cocktails. You give it a couple of hits on top of the cube of sugar, yeah. and then you pour champagne in. Oh. And then a very s- slim, little, tiny uh, wedge of lemon. Hmm. And it's tremendous. But I say if you're doing that for her, you can do something for you. And the one you might like is called a black velvet. And that's 50-50 champagne and Guinness beer. Mm. Which, let me say, I believe sounds like complete crap. <laughs> when you think of marrying champagne and beer, Yeah,
3: uh, especially Guinness, Guinness,
1: Yeah, I'm just going to tell you something magical happens. Mm. It's jet black and, and there's no way getting around that. And it's going to be very different from the champagne cocktail you make for your loved one. I'm just telling you, it's a way to drink champagne that's really freaking good. Have you had, uh, I'm
0: going to diverge here just for a second, but have you yeah. ever had, talking about things that seem and look weird but taste magical, have you ever had mm. a pickleback mm. shot?
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, like it seems so, yep, yep, bizarre, yep. but
1: wow, it works. A, sh- a shot of scotch?
0: Well, we used a uh, crown.
1: Okay. Crown Royal, beautiful. Yeah. By the way, how many marbles did I keep in those Crown Royal bags? <laughs> All of them. My dad gave me back when I was a little kid. So you've got Crown in a shot, and you've got pickle juice. Yeah, just the juice from a jar of pickles. And the crazy thing is, no matter how wicked that shot of Crown or whatever alcohol you use, and it should be something brownish and ish or Bourbonish, whatever. The second you chase it with the pickle juice, Oof. it's like what? Did, wait that that first thing was alcohol? It it is a because, because it, it's, it's, it's a to- amazing, it's a great equalizer.
0: Yeah, it's a total palate changer because uh, unbelievable when you're when you're looking at them side. I mean, you know what you're going to get with the crown. So you're either going to be a fan or you're not, and you're a little apprehensive, or you're excited.
1: Or a lot, or a lot apprehensive. Right,
0: and then you're looking at the pickle juice part, and you're like, oh, God, I don't think I've ever just taken a shot of pickle juice. So you do the, the liquor, and then you kind of hesitantly reach for the pickle shot, and you put you it down, quick, and you're like, eh. and then you're like, oh, oh. I mean, you should have seen the. Fa- it was just like that in my backyard, like two years ago, when we started doing it. Everybody was like,
1: uh, "Oh, this is delicious." It, that's we did guy, it again. It's, oh, oh, yeah, right. Oh, oh, there's a Seinfeld thing you just did there.
0: Yeah, I try. They're my favorite. I gotta, I gotta, They're I my find favorite. The Sam Seinfeld's my favorite.
1: <laughs> it's my
2: favorite. my
1: favorite. I love it. I love. Love it. to do it. I don't wash my clothes, but Bob I love
2: them. And by the way, if
1: you you didn't catch that, uh, Greg and I digress into stern talk about every three seconds when we're texting at least. Yes, easily. Okay, so let me, can I just cover a couple quick desserts? Yes. Because you got a steak, you got blue cheese, you got the extra virgin olive oil. If you do that, you've got a gorgeous champagne cocktail. Now comes dessert and you can do stupid stuff. One of my favorite things, you buy donut holes Mm. from the bakery, you cut them in half, you take a big nonstick pan, you put a a bunch of butter in, two, three tablespoons of butter and you let it melt. Then you throw these cut donut holes in and you let them get like on the cut side, start to get caramelized and brown and gorgeous. Mm. Flip them around, flip around. It's only going to take a few minutes. Then you take a beautiful little bowl or a plate or whatever you've got. And you put some vanilla ice cream. Then you put these donut holes that are caramelized and oh. unbelievable, right? Yes. You're making a face. You're oh, buying uh, into this? Yes, I'm excited. Then you take <laughs> caramel sauce. Oh. That you've either made or you just buy, it's yeah. fine to buy. Warm it up a little bit in the microwave for you know 15 seconds. You you drizzle that over the top. So now you've got the you've got ice cream. You've got these donut holes that are caramelized in the butter, and you've got caramel sauce over the top. You take a little wedge of lemon. You drizzle a little bit over the top of that. Some powdered sugar. Oof. A little kosher salt because the salt makes the sweet better. Yeah, much better. And then you eat. Wow. Delicious. Donuts, butter. Kosher salt, caramel, powdered lemon sugar. juice, powdered sugar. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Or you make a fake creme brulee. Fake creme brulee. Fake creme brulee. All right. You buy those little craft uh, uh, pudding cups. Who makes those things? Is it craft? jell uh, Jello jell pudding cups. Vanilla, right? You. And then you buy one vanilla bean. Okay. You take take your good knife, you slice it down the middle, you take the seeds out, you mix it with the jello vanilla pudding, you put it in a ramekin, you stick it in the fridge for an hour. All right. It gets cold. Then you take it out, you sprinkle about a tablespoon of sugar on top, you take a torch. You have a torch. Do you have a torch? Yes. You take a torch, you blast the top of it, you get it all gorgeously golden brown and crunchy. Then you put it back in the fridge for another 10 minutes. Ooh. Then you bring it out. You set that little ramekin with your fake creme brulee on it. On a plate. A little powdered sugar Ooh. and a couple raspberries. Berries aside. You want some berries? <laughs> and if you're really on your game, Ooh. you'll take a piece of paper. I can't do it. You, you'll shape it into a heart. Yes. And you'll put the heart on top of the creme brulee after it's been torched, after it's been in the fridge and cold. Yes. Then you shake your powdered sugar over the top and you remove the heart. Oh. The paper heart. And it's one of these. Yeah. Double heart. Wow. If you can't get laid from this stuff, then... You're not working hard enough.
0: Beat it! That's what I say. Hit the bricks, pal, and beat <laughs> it because you are that. going out. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Th- those are two great desserts and easy. I can't believe wh- how long has fake creme brulee been out?
1: Oh shit! You know what? I did fake creme brulee like when I was first doing cooking classes way back. Mm. And a guy came to one of my cooking classes. And in the middle, I say, anybody have a question or anything? And the guy goes, his banana. I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, that fake creme brulee you did? And I'm expecting him to go, genius. Thank you. <laughs> and he goes, that pissed me and my wife off so much. What? I'm like, well, you guys just really got to get a life. <laughs> because I would, I would argue that I could make that. Why did it make him so mad? I don't know. Cause, because he ex- when he saw creme brulee on the video or whatever, he expected <laughs> the full-on version. And do you know what a pain in the ass creme brulee is? Yes. There's a double boiler involved. Oh, I, we used a, to do it. We were
0: really big into terrible. making creme brulee like five or six years ago. We bought all the friggin ramekins. That's why I uh, have the torch. It was a whole thing.
1: Ridiculous.
0: Ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
1: And by the way, for the grill people that – that, that are going to do everything off the grill. and you don't want to do the, the creme brulee or the donut thing. Pound cake or angel food cake sliced yep. on your hot grill. Then with some whipping cream and berries on top, that'll still get you laid. Hmm.
0: So we got I champagne of- cocktails. We got Go desserts. Yes. We have yes. main courses that you should be preparing with her. Or him, in mind, your loved one. Absolutely. Whatever it Why is. Why not?
1: What One day, is it going to kill you? No.
0: You know, according to Meathead in the first hour, Sam, yeah. do you know how many dinners or meals we're going to have over our lifetime? Nearly 8,000.
1: That's. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. For it does?
0: 8,000?
1: That's a lot. So think three meals a day. Yeah. Times we're not going to do this math really eighty eighty years I can't yeah. do that man I'm, no there's Stern no way could do it he get the calc- he get the calculator Fred would out. Bring out the calculator <laughs> carry the one five hundred and 70- five
0: hundred and, 500 and- seventy eight billion dinners over my lifetime I think that's, that's probably see, that what the sounds answer
1: sounds right to me yes that seems
0: that a little, little bit
1: more right. realistic but wait my kids do this thing called second dinner two D they call it second dinner You're, see you've got just got girls yes. Have boys. You have just boys. My boys understand something called 2D.
0: So they have dinner and then they have another dinner later?
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, like 10 o'clock. Is it like? Maybe 11.
0: Is it leftovers of 1D or is 2D a whole separate situation?
1: Whatever they're working on, whatever they feel like.
0: You're just fostering their food, encouragement, and uh, ingenuity.
1: That's exactly what I do. Sam, be I'll honest look, for a second here.
0: Do I mean yeah. if if they're home and they're starting to cook, if you're not around, will they Me? come? If yeah, like if you're just yep. I don't know, you're in the office counting your Emmys or doing
1: whatever it is that you do. I do that time, on a regular. Basis, I
0: would imagine. But... Make sure the counts all still there. Nobody's Thanks. pawned one off on Craigslist, Nobody San Diego. Stole. Right?
1: Kelly ripped one and took it to her mother. Or something. Right? Okay. That's right.
0: Um, yeah. Do they come and find you out and say, hey? I'm trying to do this thing. I would I would really love your input, or can you help me here, or do they not want any part of it?
1: 100%, they call. Yes. I'm making this. I'm at the store. I want to make this recipe of yours. Wh- <laughs> which one of these things do I buy? Oh. You know, the youngest one texted me a few years ago. He was still in college, and he goes, okay, I'm, I'm making uh, this steak thing, blah, blah, blah. And somewhere in the text was, I'm, my steaks are frozen and blah blah blah. What what do I do? I go, uh, okay, put the steaks in the fridge, and think about this for tomorrow, and just go buy some <laughs> freaking burgers or something because it ain't happening tonight.
2: Uh, it last, was a
1: stir fry or something. Sure. Last I mean, question. Yeah. Last question before I let you go. Go ahead.
0: How's the how's the taco place go?
1: <laughs> not not tacos. And the Little Italy Food Hall in San Diego is yeah. doing really well. We're really happy. We have um, some big taco changes coming up. The meatloaf taco. Yep. Sam's meatloaf taco is coming off the menu at Ooh. the end of this month. Yep. And it's being replaced. Not because it's wrong, because it doesn't sell, because it sells like crazy. Because you have to continually change things. Evolve, right? right? It's a menu. It's a menu of eleven things. Well, we've added tots, so now twelve, and our tots are ridiculously del- amazing. Are they homemade? But, no, we buy frozen tots. Uh-huh. But I'll, I'll tell your 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 what your viewers this. We cook our frozen tots. We deep fry them for three minutes exactly. We take them out, we let them you know, drip for like 10 seconds, that's all it takes, and then we season them with ranch dressing powder. Huh. And I'm telling you, they're some of the most dope, stupid, freaking amazing things you've ever had. And now we're working on a campaign to encourage you to order items off the menu like pulled pork or macaroni and cheese or a fried egg hmm. and put them on your tots yes. with the hashtag. Show us your tots.
0: <laughs> Very nice. I see I, what you're it, doing there. That
1: could go yeah. viral. It, we hope so. Yeah. But new tacos coming up. Uh, meatloaf's going away. Cheeseburger tacos coming up. Ah. Oh. Curried egg salads going away. A lamb taco with with a parsley tomato. Uh, cucumber salad on the bottom, tzatziki, yeah. yep. and then this marinated lamb with cumin and lemon juice and garlic. I mean, it's fantastic. Simpsons.
0: Do you, at this point, want to share where the break-even number of tacos is <laughs> over the course of <laughs> the do day we or have what? have
1: to do this? <laughs> okay, if I sell eight tacos a day, we're breaking even. Why Fine. Okay. Do you okay. see how easy that could have been? You do do you see how easy that could have been? Where is the fascination with this, my friend?
0: Because I'm a show, Sam. I don't know if you knew about it. I'm celebrating my 11th year of
1: live shows, by the way. I, I um, think I I think I do know that. Yeah.
0: This show is somewhat, from time to time, entertaining. I have some really great guests on here. but Always mostly, most, Always
1: great guests. Mostly but, I'm
0: trying to be a vehicle of information. So... Here's the- If
1: you think people watching want to know what my break even is, why
0: are you asking me to explain myself, and then you're just blowing right over the top of me? Give me a second to get my stuff out
1: here. Go ahead, say say what you have to say. Maybe
0: there's a guy in Tulsa who had fancied opening up a a taco style restaurant. Maybe a not not taco, but something along the lines. And he's like, ah, you know, I just don't know. Oh, I'm tuning into the show. Well, maybe this guy who's doing it right now might be able to say, "Well, if I sold X amount of tacos, now we're at break even, and anything after that is gravy." Or anything that, you know, is uh, is cream on the
1: coffee is my Belgian friend. Used but to look, say. there's there's so many variables. I'm not asking you like what are Mr. gross Rimpy, revenues or, or as Siri calls you <laughs> Rimp. Mr. Remp. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many variables. How big is your location? How many employees do you have? Is it a standalone? Is it a brick and mortar? Are you in a food hall? Are you a stand at a at a farmer's market on right. Saturday mornings? I mean, there's too many things.
0: Uh, or maybe, like uh, John Dawson is saying in instant chat, maybe Greg is just rude and nosy. Maybe that John. Thank maybe you, that John
1: freaking Dawson. Maybe, maybe That's that my man.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I couldn't. No, dude, I could not tell
1: ask. Chauc- tell Shaw. Tell. Tell John you're telling Dawson, him right
0: now he's in instant tell, chat. You know this.
1: Tell John Dawson, yes, to 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 reach out to me, and I will send him a peace love make America cook again t shirt.
0: All right. I mean, I'm not necessarily. I'm, well, I'm not yeah. I'm not really political I mean if you want to make a political statement with make America cook I mean <laughs> that's so certainly your choice I think
1: pretty much anybody yeah. <laughs> that watches me knows this is not a political statement right I had a, I, I, I had I, a guy say to me I kid, I hey kid. I saw your make America cook against stuff so you're Republican I went no he goes you're a Democrat I went no he goes what are you I go I'm Canadian it's not a political <laughs> statement. That's all. It's a culinary statement. That's it, John Dawson. I will send you one of these if you reach out.
0: Uh, how do you reach out? Uh, go to the Facebook. Oh, he doesn't do go Facebook. To the cook- go to thecookingguy.com.
1: dot right. com. Hit the email He's button. A contact right there. Right. There you go. See, John. I just. I, I want a picture of him, and I want a picture of his. His thing. I don't want some what? some somebody lying about him. I don't want somebody trying to get a free shirt.
0: Nobody's trying to uh, lie to be oh, John man. Dawson, I can tell you that. In the meantime, well, I got a pretty good idea, but okay. Go I can't ahead. say that 100%. We're talking with Sam the Cooking Guy. You can find him at thecookingguy.com. Go to YouTube, subscribe. Be one of the almost is it uh, half a million subscribers that you guys have now. And you are rolling.
1: Max, Max says uh, we had a half a million subscribers on... February 24th. Hmm. So, close. He said we'd hit uh we, we'd hit 250 today. Mm-hmm. Is today the 11th? Today's the 12th. Okay, he said we we'd hit 250 on the 11th. Yesterday we did. Wow. So, we'll see if he's right with the uh, with the half a million on the 24th.
0: Well, if you like cooking shows that are set in really great outdoor cooking arenas, and you. you like something that's roughly twenty minutes or less, and you like somebody who's witty, and the editing is really great too. The, the whole production is top notch. Uh, it should be on television right. somewhere. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be on television anywhere be, you know, because I think not it, not. it would you lose. I think it would lose some magic, to be honest. I mean, there's money to be made on the internet anymore, and uh, you know, unless it's yeah. some type of mega contract like Flay or Simon are getting with Food Network. I think where you're living right now is great because you can. You know, the, the things that I find most romantic about your cooking shows is when, if you're dropping, you know, five or six profanities during the course of the video, yeah. for some reason, a third of them are getting bleeped out, but two-thirds make it through. <laughs> like, it's...
1: We don't know why that happens. The the subtle comedy. Figured that out. I I don't
0: want to know why that happens. I don't want that curtain to be drawn back. I don't want the wall to come down. I just want to live in ignorance on that because uh, to me it's just incredible minutia of comedy. So
1: here's my real question: Screw all that shit. uh, That's not important. (laughs) It's the real question. Yes. Are we ever going to meet? Hmm. I Hmm. have to say yes. At some we point, to, but I would imagine we would.
0: I think. I think, and I think it's not you coming out here because I don't want anybody to come out here by choice. It would be not me coming known. out to San Diego. What?
1: What's wrong with Steven? I can go to oh, the nothing, Rock and Roll Hall you know, of Fame, nobody and goes I can there. see your seventy-five cooking implements out in your backyard, <laughs> and yeah, I, you've well, got daughters, and I like girls. I don't mean that in a creepy way. I mean, I just like you got friends with daughters, and it's yeah. all cool, and. I just, like, it's just a different vibe than boys. That's what I mean.
0: I get it. It totally is. Uh, Not that I have boys to compare it to, but from what I hear, it's It's totally different. Um, I I, I know it for sure that we will meet in person, we'll do a lot of cooking together, there's no doubt about it, and the time will be probably sooner than you think, because finally the girls get older and they're getting out of stuff and going on to, like, the next steps
1: of life, so... All of a sudden, that means free time God, for enough me. Enough of the going to the I games know. on the weekends and weeknights and all that. God. What do you
2: think I'm made of money, you stupid kids? <laughs>
1: There's only so much a parent <laughs> right. can do. God, I, I love you and
0: I want to support you, but give me a break, for Christ's sake. Get out of the house. Right. Leave. Go, your stage your hour. In the meantime, you can find Sam the Cooking Guy at thecookingguy.com. And you, if you're going to be in the area and you want to try Not Not Tacos, go to the website to not not right.
2: right, Easy. Let me say this.
1: There's a very good chance our weather here is better than wherever you are. I, and I don't know where you are. I mean, I know where you are, Greg. Yes. But I don't know where you're... Your viewers are, but there's a very good chance we have better weather than most of you.
0: No doubt about it. Sam, always appreciate the time. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody.
1: Thank you, brother. You You got got it. it. There he is, Sam, the cooking
0: guy. Killing it, as always, pulling overtime, which I certainly appreciate. And there you have it. Thecookingguy.com and his restaurant website, Not Not Talk. Oh, that was the wrong button. Not Not Talk. Okay. (laughs) Okay. There we go. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, this is John Dawson. of Patio Daddy there of Barbecue in Boise, Idaho. And I've got it locked on the
1: 50,000 gigawatt blowtorch of the internet that is Barbecue Central.
2: Well-timed, John. well done. Way to go. Full racks. Who knew? Legs and thighs.
0: Maddie, my A-G-T daughter, celebrating Birthdays. She rolled if you've out never an idea heard this before, of this
2: the show. You might think you found the Dalton best triple <XXXXX2> X show ever. Let's get Fine. back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimp.
0: All right, and we thank Sam the Cooking Guy once again for joining me last segment. Thecookingguy.com is website, not not tacos.com. If you're in San Diego and you're going to be by uh his restaurant, go to Google. They have it all listed out there for addresses and so forth. Not not tacos.com. We'll also have that and the menu up today. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, talking about cocktails and things to smoke and or grill along with them. Second hour, we talked with Christy Van over Girls Can Grill, girlscangrill.com, at Girls Can Grill on a number of the social media channels that she's available on. But the name is the same, Girls Can Grill. Closing it out with Sam the Cooking Guy, Sam Zion cooking guy.com his website not not tacos.com his restaurant website big show planned for you next week of course steven reichland the barbecue hall of famer locked and loaded robin lindars locked and loaded just to name a few september 11th 2001 i will never forget once again happy birthday to my daughter madison rempe turning 16 tomorrow And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.